is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 2nd, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 48. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. And today we're talking about the Cowboys' loss. Cowboys lose to the Rams 35-30 in uh, what I would call an unexpected loss. I think all of us picked the, the Cowboys to win. Um, I don't think anybody really expected to see what no. we yesterday. But I will say this. It was 24-13 at in the second quarter with 150, 151 left in the second quarter. Um, and so much then, for that. Yeah, and then the wheels fell off. So I'll answer. The, I'll ask you guys the question, and we can go around the table. What happened? Just in your own brief synopsis, and we'll get into the details, but in your own brief synopsis, what happened uh, from that point to the Cowboys' final of 35-30? Well, I think, you know, you, I picked the Cowboys to win by three touchdowns, and, and – and I definitely overestimated the Cowboys more than anything, more than the Rams or anything. They overestimated this team of what they could do. They didn't make any adjustments either. They, they, they should have. They they kind of got got you know set in their ways. The Rams did a nice job. They but they dominated up front on really on both sides of the ball. And you know, there's the Cowboys had no business losing this game, and they did. And that's this is going to haunt them. This this loss will definitely haunt them. Amber, well, clearly they. Like Nick just said, that didn't make any adjustments coming back after the first uh, half of the game. And then I was listening to Dak Prescott, and he answered that question. He basically said that the Rams didn't do anything differently. It was just on them that they weren't finishing plays and making the right moves, which not that is true, but the Rams did make some adjustment and they did come back stronger. I don't know what the Cowboys did in halftime. I don't know. Dave, stop me if you've heard this before because it's going to sound really similar to every time we've ever talked about a loss in the five years I've been here. This is a defense that isn't equipped to carry a game if their offense isn't clicking. And that's, I mean, that's what I put it on, clearly. Um, the offense looked great. It, honestly, the first half of this game looked like 2016. They did all of the stuff that we got used to seeing last year on that 11-game win streak. And, you know, honestly, defensively at least, I was just watching the tape upstairs with Brian. The Rams' defense didn't look like they changed a whole lot. It didn't look a lot different, but you're, when you're not hitting open receivers, when you're not securing blocks on running not plays, catching passes. not catching passes and you're getting flagged on, you know, crucial two point conversions, this type of stuff happens. And I don't, I, mean, I don't know if, if you want to say they came out of the locker room flat cause they thought they had everything under control or whatever. They just forgot how to execute. But, uh, this offense lost all semblance of competency coming out of the break. And when you, Put it on your defense to carry the game against an offense like that. It's probably not going to go very well. Yeah, we were upstairs uh, before the the show and we were watching some of the tape with with Brian and and that was what the one thing that stood out to me, Dave, was that um, there were there were all these little things like every play it seemed like and we were, and we were as we were watching this every play it seemed like there was a little thing. Oh, that guy missed the block right there. 
Oh, that guy's that guy's route should have been. Yeah, Cooper had a rough day, but that guy should have gotten a little deeper on his route. You know, oh, Dak should have made a better throw there. It was it was all these little, and it happened play after play after play after play. So Amber, getting back to what you said, I, I do wonder to some degree if there was a situation where wasn't that the Cowboys needed to do something different. They just weren't executing. They they at one point they had two offensive linemen, one of them being their All Pro guard that were trying to block Aaron Donald and move him off the point and could not move him one step. I mean, it was an it was a situation where they just weren't executing very. And we were you gonna say no? Something? Go ahead. I was just gonna say we know that the Cowboys' strength is their running game. Based on what they did in the running game, they should have won this game. They did they did pretty well. 189 yards. That's not a whole bunch, but it's still yeah. good. It's a lot. That's uh, a, it's, oh, that's a. It could have been higher. It could have been higher. Yeah, it could have been. But again, I'm just saying. I remember you, Derek, saying the Cowboys only win if they're good in the running game. We saw. <laughs> why are you making that face? No, I'm, I'm listening okay. to what you. I'm listening. We saw. Saying. We saw what the offensive line did, and which is considered or was considered one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Now they're different. And I saw you pretty upset yesterday about why you saw this little line do. <laughs> little line. Little, big, big line do. <laughs> what, what is your concern here what, based on what you saw last night? My, my issue with the offensive line is more about the fact that I felt like yesterday Dak was running for his life, specifically in the second half quite a bit. Now, I get it. You were playing a defensive front that had – Rockers that had Aaron Donald, which I'm convinced Aaron Donald's the best defensive lineman maybe in pro football. But all that being said, he was running for his life in the second half. And to me, there have been two times this year that this offensive line, who I thought was elite, played elite talent on the defensive front that they faced. And in both instances, I felt like they, the other line won the battle and, and ultimately the war because they won both those games. Um, so to me, it start, I start to question whether this offensive line, I know they're good. I start to question whether I think they're elite because I think against elite talent, we haven't seen elite play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I wrote as well. They're not, this isn't a dominating offensive line anymore. Um, at least not, not right now. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, I think that teams have looked at this and said, all right, you know, we have to just stack the line and, and we're going to, we're going to, now, some of the situations, they just got beat. They got beat. Um, Jonathan Cooper played horrible yesterday from what I saw. There was one play where Dak was running for his life at the end of the game where he straight up whiffed Aaron Donald. And then it, and instead of Zeke having to help, it was just one-on-one -on -one because he got beat so badly right off the line. It was one-on-one -on -one between Zeke and Donald, <laughs> and Zeke knocked him down to the ground. And so I'm, I was like, seriously, like, who's the guard? Like, who's the actually left guard in this play? It was unbelievable. But I, I just think that there's a lot of reasons for this. And I go back to these wide receivers, and they're not going to beat anybody. They don't scare anybody. You don't go deep. You don't really – you have to maybe go make a play in Arizona. But they're not going to beat anybody, just like catch the ball and then run away from them. So you can play this way because they don't have anybody on their passing game that's going to scare you. So I, I think there's there's kind of there's more than one reason here, but it's like you got one dynamic player in Zeke and Dez is the, is dynamic at times, but not in a speed aspect. So a lot of drop passes yesterday. 
De- Terrence. Yeah, I was thinking who. Yeah, Terrence oh, had. Dez had. Dez had a big one as when, well. When was third, that? Was the one I don't over remember the, Dez drop. Third down. Uh, third and something. Third quarter, I think, is their second possession. Uh, Dak mid-range, probably 15, 18-yard throw on the left side. L- low ball. Definitely oh, not yeah, the yeah. best throw ever. Yeah. But went right through Dez. Right through Dez's yeah. hands. Yeah. Right, right in between his arms and onto the ground. Yeah. Just – and that's – I came out of that. I came out of that game thinking, Dax just got to be better. Like he wasn't good enough, and I still believe that. But having gone back and watched the offense play over again, they all were bad. I mean, yeah. the offensive line had its miscues. Dez drops a big ball. Terrence had a couple drops. Dak had some, probably three or four pretty poor throws. Uh, Jason Witten's missing blocks. I mean, that's the great thing about the tape is it doesn't lie, and it very clearly points you in the direction of, you know, what all went wrong, and there's plenty of blame to go around, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, this morning, if you're looking at it, um, I know there were a lot of people, a lot of articles I'm seeing online today where people are pointing the finger at Dak, and yes, Dak needs to take part of the blame for this because as the quarterback, that's your responsibility, even when things aren't going well and other guys around you aren't doing what they're supposed to do necessarily. Quarterback still is the one that's going to fall to. He's got to make yeah. the play. And there were some plays yesterday that he left on the table. He even said it after the game. He said there's some throws in the second half that I didn't make, that I did make in the first half, but I got to be better. I got to be more consistent. But all that being said, this was a team loss, and we talked about that after the game yesterday. This is a team loss because around that offense, there are a number of guys that had their moments. And when you've got everybody having a moment at different times, then it platoons every play because on every play, somebody's screwing something up. It's amazing that we've gotten, what, 12 minutes into the show and we haven't talked about Ryan Switzer's muffed punt. I mean, that's... Was that the, was that the biggest... If you had one play that you could take back in that game, is that the play you take back? Yes, because the Cowboys had just scored two times in a row on a t- a two touchdowns in a row, and they were starting to get it. Uh, they had the ball with about five or six minutes to go, uh, I believe. Maybe it was about eight minutes to go in the second quarter. And, and you know, th- they had shown everything that they were going to go down there, march down and drive again, 20 to 6, 24 to 6. And, and then that, that would change everything. Instead, the Rams score a touchdown. You realize the Rams never drove the field and scored a touchdown. They had a long pass to 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 Gurley, really? and then they had that short field, you know. So it's hard to put the whole thing on the defense because it's a bend but don't break defense, and they did a lot of bending, and then they they would they would buckle down and lead to field goals. So, I mean, they, they got off the field when it was time to kick field goals. The problem was is there was just too many of them. They add up too. Yeah, you know, if I had one play to take back though, I, I'm not certain I wouldn't take back the two point conversion where. Terrence drops the ball because at that point, if you tie that game up, if the Rams drive down the field as they did and kick the field goal as they did, now all you need is a field goal to tie. You'd rather have back the one where Terrence drops the tipped ball. Why, why won't you just take back the one where Travis Frederick gets called for holding on the? Either way, you take either okay. one of those, either one of those. But that's that's little Where's part of the game. Defense? That little part of the game to me was that that ultimately I think doomed the Cowboys. You think? I do. I think it I think it did. I didn't feel comfortable when they were when they were in a situation. We were down on the field and we were talking about it and I asked, you know, different people like you think that if if they hold them a field goal here, Cowboys win. I didn't feel comfortable with the fact that they were going to drive the field and win at that point. I really didn't. I just I'm thinking okay, even if you get the two-point conversion, it's tied at 30, it's tied. 32 32 32. 32. Yep. 
I mean, the way it had been going, I don't have a ton of confidence that the Cowboys are going to stop them from scoring points right there. And they took and they four, wouldn't have. They and took four minutes off the clock. That's what I'm saying. They wouldn't have. I still don't think they would have. I think I think the difference though is if you're driving to get into field goal range versus driving for a touchdown. I think it's different. And I do think the Cowboys could have gotten into field goal range to field goal range to at least tie and then go to overtime. I said this after the game because people were people were in my Twitter mentions killing Ryan Switzer and saying you know that's the difference in the game. That's not the way football works because every action completely you know every game every action is informed by the last play. So right. to just say well you take out that play. You win the game. That's not reasonable. But I would still, if I could take back any play, that would be the one. Because if he doesn't muff it, Cowboys get the ball on their 18 with 8.30 to play, up 17-6. to six. Uh, Best case scenario, they go down and make it an 18-point game heading into halftime. Even worst case scenario, they run three plays and punt from their own 30 and I like their odds of keeping the Rams from scoring a touchdown on a long field at least. So I think that changes the complexion of the first half. I still think that's probably the biggest play in the game. It's clearly not the only reason why they lost. That's lazy, but it was big. Yep. One of the five plays that I had, obviously, but um, there were some other ones too. And, you know, after that two-point conversion, and we were going to the elevator on this, so we didn't really maybe get a great look, but – Seemed like Anthony Brown had a chance for an interception on second down. They floated up a pass that when they do defensive back drills, that's what they do. The you know Joe Baker throws the ball a high in the sky and you die and you jump up and you and like that. There couldn't have been an easier interception. But was he? To me, I I looked at that. I thought he was fully outstretched and the ball went over his hand. Is that not what happened? I hit him right in the hands. I need to see it again. It was that happened while we were going down to the field, yeah. and I didn't get a good look at it. Yeah, me either. And it, but I thought that's what I saw. Maybe you're saying it, it actually hit his hands, and he just dropped it. Oh, he dropped it. Okay, I'll look at it again. Either, I mean, whether or not that's the case. I mean, how about the forced fumble by Demarcus Lawrence that Tyrone Crawford, you would think would have seen, but clearly didn't. Uh, that's two games in a row without a takeaway. Yes, that's. They didn't have a takeaway against. Guess not against Arizona. Oh, yeah. That's not what you want. No, it's not. Hard it's to get not. to 40. Hard to get to 40 when you're chunking up donuts two weeks yeah. in a row for sure. But, you know, honestly, I, I don't think I saw anything different from this defense. It goes back to what you said in your first thing. I didn't see anything different from this defense than what we saw last year. And that's always been my contention about this defense. I don't think this defense is any worse. This is the kind of game they played last year. And actually, this is what they're expecting from their defense. Hold to field goals. Hold. People, and guess what? Zerline made every single one of them. I get, in, I get in fights with people all the time about this because, you know, people are killing me during the game about how bad the defense is. This defense played well enough to win the game. I agree. They did. They held them to seven field goals. They One of the two touchdowns they allowed was on a very short field, like the Rams started in the Dallas red zone. That's 18. how short the field was. Yep. Um, they weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. Jalen Smith has a long way to go to be – I mean, his he's, he's a hard hitter. He is a, an instinctive player. His abilities in pass coverage have a long way to go. That – that much we learned just from watching Todd Gurley in that second half. The secondary has its issues. The pass rush didn't show up for the first time this year. That looked more like the pass rush we thought we were going to see this year. They're not great, and nobody should have thought they would be. But they 
they played well enough to win. They fo- they forced them to field goals. Uh, they kept things manageable, especially in the first half. Um, the Cowboys last year, last year too, last year and this year, the Cowboys are as good as their offense will allow them to be. For them to be the team that they want to be, their offense has to click, and it really, for the vast majority of the first month of the season, has not been, in my opinion. You know, no nobody wants to hear this because they always everyone's afraid to throw out excuses. But you know. They they played without their best player on defense, and that's a fact. They played without Sean Lee, and it was very noticeable yesterday. I mean, I, I think Sean it, it would would have made a lot more plays in the open field. He would have probably stopped some of these runs from being a little bit um, from from gashing them into the. You know, I don't know if Gurley's going to average five point three yards a carry. I mean, his long was seventeen, so it's not like it was a big chunk play there for on as far as runs go. So you know, I. I don't know what you can say about the corners. I'm not sure that they're pl- not playing with the, with their best corners right now. They've got guys hurt, but I don't know. But see, I I I mean, okay, maybe Anthony Brown dropped a pick. We need to go back and watch that. But like, did the corners play bad? No, no. I'm I'm saying I'm not gonna say that Nolan Carroll and Ben right. and Ben um, Cheeto being out affects them. I'm because no, no. I don't know who their best corners are when they're all healthy. And I don't know if Carroll is even in there, but I know Sean Lee's one of their best sure. linebacker, and that, that's and what I'm saying. I'm not going to try to pile on and say, "Hey, also this guy was hurt too," and David Irving comes back. About Sean Lee, no, it's well, it's incredibly noticeable too. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods combined for 34 yards. Cooper Cup was their best receiver, and he had 60 and a touchdown. Which, okay, that's fine, but somebody's going to get yards. All of their damage came from Todd Gurley and the tight ends. Yep. What does that say? And mostly from Gurley. It's and the vast majority of it from Gurley. Yeah. A lot of that says, says stuff about your linebackers. Safeties. Sean Lee's not there. If there's a silver lining here, I know, I know David Irving's coming back this week. I never bought into the hype that he's that guy. At least not yet. Um, if there's a silver lining that I'm looking for here as a Cowboys fan, it's that I don't expect Sean Lee to miss too much time, more time, and I expect Anthony Hitchens to be back really soon. And I think those two guys healthy and playing together can make a significant amount of difference for the huge difference. defense. Huge difference. I think and what we got to do is we got to see uh, Jalen Smith get out there. We got to see him run around. The hope is that by 2018 he's better. But right now those even, other two guys are clearly better linebackers than he is. Even in light of this game, which was easily his worst of the four, I'm still very encouraged about Absolutely. where he is. Yep. But he's not—he's not that guy. He's not the top ten pick yet, yeah. and I feel—I still feel encouraged that he can be in time. But I think Anthony Hitchens is a much better all-around linebacker than he is right now. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we do need to talk about the running back Ezekiel Elliott and what he did, um, and what's going on with him today or tomorrow, today or tomorrow here in uh, in court. Uh, and in addition to that, I want to ask you guys if you think the Cowboys' short week last week, combined with the Rams' long week coming off. A 10-day layoff affected the Cowboys in this game. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. 
Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. It's bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Great Rider! You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Great Rider! When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice-cold 20-ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. The one you crave. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about the cowboys lost they lose 35 30 at home against the rams and uh, a little bit unexpected but that's how the nfl is you just never know every single week and uh, and that was as you said dave in the break it is a good team i'm not i'm certainly not saying the rams are not a good team they are a good team i just don't think they're a playoff team let me i'll fully elaborate that which which you know jason garrett hates this but he's not here that's not his job it's my job um the rams are a good team and on i mean i picked the cowboys to win so i'm not trying to sit here and say i told you so but i'm not going to go as far as to say that was unexpected i did not it was unexpected from the standpoint of our picks we all picked exactly but i i'm not sitting here just like man i can't believe they lost to that dog crap team like it's it's the NFL. But having said that, you look at the schedule and what's coming for the Cowboys over the next six weeks, other than a road trip to San Francisco, this is the most manageable game on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you can't win this, that spells at trouble. home. That spells trouble. And here's the other part. And when I said and when I said in the break that I couldn't believe they lost this game, it was less about the Rams and way more about the fact that they were up twenty four three. With a, with less than two, I'm wait, sorry, twenty four thirteen, twenty four thirteen, with less than two minutes left in the first half. Yes, that at home That's, against again a team that I don't think is necessarily a playoff team, a good team, but I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to win their division, and I don't think more than one team is going to come out of the NFC West. So all that being said, I still can't believe the Cowboys were in that position at twenty four to thirteen right before the half. And end up losing. If you at home, if you had told me on Friday they were going to lose, I'd say okay, that's not ideal, but it's not the most surprising thing I've ever heard. But to have really full control of that game nearing halftime and to just completely 
not even it's not like they lose lost control like the rams just ripped it away from them they were like hey up yours we're taking this thing and there's nothing you can do about it uh that's the part that's kind of surprising it's hard to that's hard to fathom when you i mean the way we've seen this team win games in the past um to have somebody just boss them around like that down the stretch was surprising. And the best, and I mean, I thought the most interesting part when you look at that is that they actually ran the ball well. You look at the Cowboys and their running game, and we always say, we said it last week, the Cowboys team is, is only going to be successful if they can run the ball effectively. And yesterday they ran the ball effectively, 189 yards on the ground. That included a big run from a sec, from the second running back um, in, in Alfred Morris. But Zeke had a pretty good day. He was averaging four yards per carry. So, I mean, they were running the ball effectively. Even in the second half, they were still, when he touched the ball, they were getting good yardage out of it. They just weren't able to get enough out of the passing game to be able to make it all work. I never would have guessed that this, you know, in their current configuration, that they could run for almost 200 yards, which is a lot in the NFL, by the way, Amber, uh, and lose the game. It's okay. Lose. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Where is Jason Witten? Where is Cole Beasley? I was telling you this, Derek, yesterday. Where are they? Why are they not using them? I just feel like you don't need to keep throwing the ball as many times to Des Bryant. Let's say Terrence Williams. After I see him dropping a couple of plays, I again, I'm not going to keep throwing it that way. I'm going to go for the secure. Even if it's shorter, I feel secure. Like Cole Beasley can catch right there, even for a few yards, so can Jason Witten. And you can keep moving the ball just in a more secure way. Let me ask you this question, and because I don't know this, and maybe you guys saw it yesterday. Um, was Cole open a lot that, that he was just being missed, or, or was this a situation where they were just going to other people with the ball? Well, I mean, that can happen. I mean, obviously, Cole's going to be open sometimes. <laughs> I know where you're missed. going. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can miss him. Yeah, he's easily <laughs> missed sometimes. But but I think Dak's got to be looking for him a little yeah. bit more. I mean, six targets, only three receptions. That's actually low for for him because he's usually, you know, he's usually going to catch most of the, the passes that are thrown his way. Uh, some of them were were too high, but. I, I think that I agree with her. I mean, I think that Witten and Beasley have got to be have a ball-controlled offense where you don't have to try to throw it down the field as much. You don't try to have to throw, you know, uh, these out pass, passes to Dez and try to get him that involved. He'll get involved if you just if you just kind of – if it goes to him. So, I don't know. I don't know why Witten and Beasley are not being – I mean, since Witten caught 10 passes against Denver, he's only had one two catches for 12 yards. So that was going to be and and I think you're right. There isn't an explosive element to this offense, but there wasn't last year and they didn't need it. Like their whole M.O. is methodical. Like you run the ball, you complete the nine yard comeback to win the chance. Yeah. And it works. It works when it when everything's humming the right way. And it, it is kind of unbelievable to me to think that that these guys just weren't ever open over the course of, you know, a three hour game. Um and you look, you know, I, I defended the amount of targets Des was getting through the first two weeks. But, well, I mean, 13, 13 yesterday and I think nine in Arizona. So, I mean, he's he's been targeted 50 times in four games, which I just don't think that's the way this team's going to be successful. I yeah. think, you know, it goes back to what Dak was so good at last year, which is just making the easy throw to the guy that the defense isn't focusing on. And I'm – that's so simplified. I know it's more complicated than that, but it just seems this whole offense seems like they're forcing it and it's not 
it it worked beautifully for 30 minutes yesterday and that's probably as well as it's worked all season and the rest of the time it's just been very herky-jerky so not to make an excuse because I, I don't believe that, that an excuse is warranted here other than the fact Cowboys didn't play well in the second half but do you think there was at least something to the idea that the Cowboys had a short week uh, they played a Monday night game then came back to play a Sunday at noon and their opponent played the previous Thursday which meant they had 10 days uh, to prepare for this game. Do you think that maybe part of what we saw in the second half yesterday could have been affected by Cowboys having less rest, much less rest than the uh, than the Rams did? Well, I don't know about the Rams, but let's just focus on, on the Cowboys part of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, having a short week and even shorter because it's a noon game, you know, you, do you think Sean Lee could have used one more day, one more day for a hamstring injury? Um, perhaps, but... You know th- th- that's just the way that it goes. I mean, I I don't I don't sit there and worry about that. I mean, the Ram that they looked fresh. I mean, they, they had a little bit more juice in the second half. I mean, you can I, you can make that case if you want to. I know the NBA is changing their rules all because of that because the, the, they feel like you know short you know back to backs and all that matter. So maybe it does. But my favorite Garrettism that he repeats all the time that I actually like and don't roll my eyes at is when people <laughs> ask questions like this and he says, nobody feels sorry for you. Yeah. Nobody cares. Sorry. Guess what? If you don't like it, you got to do it again this week because the Packers have been off since Thursday. So, I mean, what do you, what do you want me to do? And honestly, I think the defense getting tired out in the second half yesterday has a lot more to do with the offense putting up three plays, three plays, five plays, three plays for the first four possessions of the second half than what happened on Monday in Arizona. I don't, I, it sucks. It's not an ideal scenario, but nobody feels sorry for you. I don't care. You have to do it again this week. So figure it out. Did they have uh, Arizona off a short week? I think they did. The Cowboys? Yeah. Arizona played, you're talking about. When the Cowboys played Arizona, was Arizona coming off a short week? I don't think so. No, Arizona no. played the Colts on a Sunday heading into that game. But I'm certain at this some point this year, Cowboys will be the benefactor of you would like to coming think. off short week. You would like to I guess going back to what Nick pointed out, that's why I was pointing it out, is because there will be – every team's going to have to deal with that. And that's kind of why um, you, you hear Garrett talking about it. And, yeah. and I do agree with the idea, like, you just got to be prepared to play. doesn't I, matter. I mean that's, – That's the nature of the NFL. You knew when the schedule came out that it was going to be like that. So dude. it is what it is. You just got to figure it out. Do I agree with the NFL's thought process that grown men slamming into each other 200 times a game need to be playing Thursday games? No, but they do. So you just got to make do. Yep. Not really much you can do about that. All right. um, Let's get some phone calls and some questions. You guys can call us. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's go to Twitter first. Well, I'm just seeing a lot of que- I mean, a lot of comments, not necessarily questions, in regards to Dak Prescott's performance, and it's kind of upsetting to me. I just think that's dumb because yes, Dak didn't really play his best. He made a lot of mistakes, but at the same time, he's good. He's gonna be as good as the offensive line is. And yesterday, we could all see how much pressure he got and how how that affects him and his success in 2016 came off what the offensive line did came off the running game yesterday we had the running game going but again the offensive line wasn't performing at their highest level I'm going to disagree a little bit when you said that he's going to play 
as, as well as the offensive line will allow. I think he played better than that because the offense he had to make plays in spite of the offensive line. <laughs> it's, There's one in, in that comes to yeah. mind immediately. That one that drive, play. there was three times on that one drive where he was spending and I mean it looked the whole thing looked like Romo. Yeah. You know. I mean, the, yeah, but you can't go a whole game being pressured like that. No, I know, and I, I know what I'm saying is, is that his he he actually outperformed the offensive line. If, yeah. If, if it wasn't for his upper body strength, uh, and uh, you know, throwing off Aaron Donald like that, and then going and turning and spinning and going back and throwing the ball to Des Bryant across the middle, I mean, I, the, he made some plays. He made some plays that most quarterbacks are not going to make because they don't have the body structure to do that. It's uh, it's unfortunate for him that his the the third down throw to Des where he literally shook off a blindside hit from Aaron Donald, which is amazing. And then on the same drive, he does the same thing and finds Bryce Butler for a touchdown. I mean, those are like when Dak retires, those will go in the real, you know, exactly. very reminiscent of the J.J. Watt play that Romo made in 2014. But they will be completely overshadowed by the fact that they lost this game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's not a bigger Dak fan in here than me. I'm, I'm very much hitched to the Dak Prescott bandwagon, whatever. You can disagree if you want. <laughs> that's life in the NFL if you're a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, that's your job in the NFL as a quarterback. And, and yeah. your job in the NFL dictates that you're going to take some heat if you make some bad plays and a loss. The offensive line was not great. It did not give him a lot of help. A lot of other guys around him made mistakes too, but you're the quarterback. You're the guy that has to go to the podium and account for that. Um, so, I mean, nobody feels sorry for you, basically. It, that's, the way this, that's the way this league works. And, and what he's going to be judged on even more than that is that final drive. You had one something left. I think it was almost two minutes left. Uh, and, 151, I yep. believe. And you had your opportunity at that point to drive your team down to win the ball game. And no matter what the circumstances are, that's how quarterbacks are judged. Every time those situations come up, they say, this quarterback has won this number of games in a comeback situation. And that is, a, that is to me, that was what Tony Romo did so well, is you got Tony, and I know Tony took a lot of flack from people about you know, bombing out in, in in situations. But way more often than not, if you got into a situation where you got the ball back and you had two minutes and you just needed the, the offense to drive, drive down and score, Tony was usually going to deliver that, I thought, um, especially in a regular season game. Did it, you think it was weird? Did you listen to Dak? Uh, I heard some of the stuff. I wasn't in there. I mean, he's pretty blunt after losses. And he said – on the last play, he said, you know, I thought I could d- dump the ball off to Zeke. I thought he could maybe make one guy miss so we could get a first down. I mean, if if you were for nitpicking here, and, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, make this a bigger issue, but it was – I thought it's kind of surprising that he would say that, you know, because it did kind of sound like I thought Zeke would do it. You know, I gave it to him, and he, and if you go back and watch it, he did make that guy miss, yeah, and he yeah. made another guy miss, and he was like kind of bulldozing his way. There's no, he had no business getting nine and a half yards, but he did. But I really I, thought, I thought he was going to get to the sticks. I, did I really see. did. Ah. Yeah. And honestly, that's you know, I know. He all right, played well. He played well in some of those touchdowns. And, yeah. Or, oh, Deke. Yeah. yeah, he had a good day. He had a really good day. His, which is again why it's so surprising they lost. His, yeah. On it's, it's a very it's a perplexing loss, and actually, I mean, you know, talking about going back and watching the tape. It pains me to say it. In that situation, Dak, 
Dak probably had three, maybe four throws that he probably really wants back. And there might not be a worse one than the third down before that Zeke play. Yep. He had Dez on a, on a seven out route to the yep. sideline. He's, he has room. Whiffed it as bad as I've ever seen him whiff a throw. Like it just, I mean, it sailed on him and it's definitely a first down, definitely gets Dez out of bounds and keeps yep. the game alive if he gets it. Um, you got a hindsight here. No, but, for sure. But. I mean, it's kind of. I even said it to you on the field that it was kind of reminded me of the of the Packers game in the playoffs. But you get down there, and and, and I know that they're moving fast. But in hindsight, do you stop the clock there? You got forty eight seconds. You talking about the spike? Yeah, you, yeah. you spike the ball because you need every one of these plays. And if you can get to the twenty five yard line. Now you have a legitimate sh- shot, even with like one second on the clock. You've got, you've got a shot to throw it into the end zone and make a play because you have Dez. You're not going to maybe do a Hail Mary, but if you get in the 25, 28 range, so I think everything counts. Every, every snap counts to get everything oh. you can to get down into that 20-yard line, and then even with one or two seconds, you can still make plays. And, and I, I, th- I think spiking it there. I know it's hindsight. But to I, that to that point though, and you know, like Derek was talking about, you can put a little bit of this on everybody because on that same drive, if Terrence Williams catches that uh, pass, he's got a good chance to get out of bounds. You probably stop the clock with something like 131. Broadus and I did the math on this. You're probably talking 131. Instead, he drops it. You run the ball with Zeke just to make sure you get a fresh set of downs, and then you're taking your next snap at like 108. So you're talking 20, 25 seconds off the clock that didn't need to come off the clock. Just, yeah. just a, a, a regrettable second half by basically everybody involved. And that's the thing. It's like a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing there, a little thing there. And it, one thing in isolation, if you have that one play, it doesn't kill the game, but you put them all together, and it, it spells how you lose a game. When, you, had, when you had a really good game going, how you can lose a game. And that's what do you think Terrence Williams' timeline looked like yesterday? I don't know because he blocked me. Right. But uh, <laughs> I bet it wasn't good. Oh, I'm sure he that was it wasn't good, it. but that that's also that also comes with the territory. When you play well, then it's you know it's Terrence Williams. Well, it was his bad, but though. when you have a rough game, then he did he did let everybody know it was his bad. He did I hate that. It, oh, hate after the that. play, yeah. like yeah. that's on me. On and, me, yeah. I mean, he did that what like fifty times. <laughs> Ninety thousand people in the we building. Know. We know. Yeah. God, <laughs> the fact that you didn't catch the ball. I hate when basketball that. players do it too. You know. <laughs> My bad. I missed the layup. He's talking to his teammates. He's not talking to the rest. His teammates know. They know. <laughs> Maybe they weren't looking. Maybe Dak. they were busy blocking. Dak, that oh, was no. my bad, man. I didn't catch that. What's yeah. worse, no. the my bad or the clap? <laughs> Either way. When you do the both, like, my bad, my bad. Clap. <laughs> All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to get some questions. Call us 214-872-2102. Again, it's 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? 
Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credit start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Nick, take it away. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, adjust your helmet, maybe adjust to the Rams in the second half, but don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Tommy John. All right, let's get back to it. We're taking calls. Call us 214-872-2102 or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's start with a call. And uh, before we go to this call, just want to say our thoughts and prayers are with all those folks out in Las Vegas. Rob is calling from Las Vegas. What you got, Rob? You know, luckily, I came in for the game. I was at the game uh, yesterday for my uh, 50th birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. So I woke up to what happened in Vegas. And that's, you still that's in Dallas? Were you? Did you wake up in Dallas, or did you head back home last no, night? No, I'm still I'm still in Dallas. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. So oh, last here. night I got a text from my daughter. She works at Mandalay Bay. Oh wow! And um, she was you know freaking out, and shooting. I can imagine. I assume she's okay though, right? Everybody I I know them okay. Yes. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, our so thoughts I, and prayers are with you guys, man. No, uh, I I appreciate it. You know, being at the game, and that was my first spot uh, here in Texas. It was, a, it was a pretty cool scene. But I, I disagree a little bit. I don't think they ran the ball that good at all. I mean, if you take that 70-something yard run, what they have, what Zeke, you know, they didn't really – they held them in check. And I, I think what's really hurting this team com- – let's compare it to last year. This team lived second and five last year. I think first down is killing this team. It seemed yesterday they start off play action, they throw the jump ball to Dez, and everybody's like, great. It took everybody by surprise because you just assume it's going to be a run up the middle. And then they got away from that. And then it was always second half. It was second and nine. It was second and eight. Last year they used to do those uh, swing passes. He'd roll out. I think he'd throw the swing. I don't think swing could have ball the whole year. And I think number 84, I forget his name, Hannah. that touchdown pass, I think that was his first catch all year. Yes. It's like they throw to only a handful of guys, Dez, Beasley, Witten, and Williams. That's it. There's and these defenses are squeezing Dak. Yesterday, if he doesn't make kind of Tony Romo plays, they're going to get blown off this field. And the difference to me in the game, golf was just too comfortable. I mean, he's he's not going to run. He's not a big guy. You hit him. I mean, he was going flying. <clears throat> but he was just too comfortable. And I, I tweeted, Dave, Jalen Smith, everybody likes Jalen Smith. I mean, he's just a class guy. 
But you're asking a guy who cannot really run at 100%, play middle linebacker where you have to cover both sides of the field, and now you're going to try to have to cover their best offensive weapon, and that's the best you come up with? You couldn't put maybe um, another safety but somebody. He was That was the difference. He was the difference for them, and I think the difference with us was Dak just wasn't comfortable. And I don't know what the deal with this offensive line. It's hard to watch an offensive line during the game, so I can't tell you who the breakdowns are. But what I'm noticing is Tyron Smith's not the same guy, and maybe that's because the guy next to him is not doing what he's supposed to do. And I got to tell you, the president there, the guard on the right side, who's probably regarded as the best, uh, Zach Martin, he didn't look it. So I think I, – I don't think they're going to flip it during the season – but I think by missions, now you're affecting everybody. And I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they're gonna take a chance and try to put it back where Collins goes back to guard, but this offense needs to get back to little little passes, get let's get comfortable second and five, and that's where I, I think Zeke could be more effective. But All right. right now, unfortunately, I'm starting to see an eight and eight team. All right, thanks for the call. The one thing I will disagree with, and this is one of my pet peeves, I, I don't like when, when fans say, hey, if you take this one run away, well, that's the point. You can't take that one run away. Is That 70-yard run was a part of what they did yesterday. But if you, if you don't talk about the two runs from Alfred Morris, I still think you look at Ezekiel Elliott and you say, the guy was averaging four yards a carry. They ran the ball well. They ran the ball effectively yesterday. I just think personally their passing game failed them in moments when they needed their passing game. I don't think there was anything wrong with the running game yesterday. I know that there are there still has been this this penchant this season for these negative runs that we really didn't see last year, like on first down. And so yes, that could, that can be a problem. But yeah. in a lot of instances yesterday, in a lot of instances yesterday, the Cowboys overcame that. And they were picking up first downs on second and eight. So I don't think that that was the biggest problem the Cowboys experienced yesterday. I think I, I I agreed with a lot of what the caller just said. Some of it, not so much. But for whatever reason, and I, it's hard to it's hard to try to simplify it. But this offensive line is not as dominant as they were last year. I think everybody can agree True. with that. I think uh, the number of negative zero and one yard gains we've seen in the running game is shockingly larger than it was last year. I don't know that you can even argue that fact. Yep. I still think they ran the ball pretty well. I still think they found a way to get the job done more often than they didn't. Even if you want to play that game and take the Morris run out of it, they still ran for 120 yards, right. which is good it's by good NFL day. standards. Yeah. It is more than four yards per carry. I I can't really kill them too much for that. Um, Dave, add this yeah. up in your head. Add, add, uh, you're add, asking the wrong no. guy. You're I was like, the wrong guy. <laughs> he had five runs on first down in the second half. Okay, Minus one. Okay. Zero, two, zero. So we're at five. One. We're at one. <laughs> what was the last one? Five. So, so we're, we're at, at about six. F- he had six yards on first down and five. And five attempts. Yeah. Um, and that was all in a row? All in the second half. Those were your second half runs. Now, only one of those times uh, did they get a first down in that series. And it's, uh, Dak went for 12 yards on a run, which probably was more of a scramble where he did his own there. My question would be how much did they do that in the – First, first in the first quarter, or first and second quarter. I'll start talking about. Yeah, something I was going to say now we got to start. <laughs> this is going to take a while. Which something else I'll check out of. I really, again, it's it's hard to try to simplify this too Four. much. 
Are you just going to call them out? Four, five, nine, three, 12, one, 13, three, 16. That's first quarter right there. That's way better than the second. 16 half. on how many? Was it four or five carries? That sounded like four. So it's roughly four, four here's yards a, a carry on first down. Here's a first here. down run for 70. There yeah, we go. That one it. counts. That'll blow up your average, though. <laughs> and then and then Zeke on first and goal at zero. So okay. Uh, and then he uh, he got first and goal again from the and from the two and scored um, three. And that's it. Whether whether you want to blame Green Cooper and Lyle Collins or get out of here, maybe. Oh God, great! Hey Lyle. Shannon. <laughs> whether you want to blame the newcomers or whether Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and Tyron Smith aren't playing up to their old level, whatever, however you want to pinpoint this, I don't think that they're capable of just dominantly running the ball. We know we're doing it. You know we're doing it. Tough cookies. This is what's coming, and we're going to get five yards. Like, I think they could do that last year. It doesn't look like they can do that this year. Is this all about, though, the left guard and the right tackle? Like I said, I, the changes. And what I mean by that is you have different – those are the only two pieces that are different. Is it all about them and whatever you're seeing is a result of their play and those other guys maybe trying to do more than they should do because they're trying to make up for them? Or is it more just about 64? Like, what what, what can it be? This is a cop-out, but that's a question for Broadus. Like, I, I'm, I'm not the scout. I can't – I'm not going to try to tell you that this guy is not pulling the right way and this guy is too worried about his weak side help. I don't have those answers. I am going to go back and watch it again because I'm curious. Um, but I, I, if I had to guess, it's a combination of everything. I think your left guard and your right tackle aren't as good as they were last year. I think your three all pros are probably overcompensating. Plus, they've played some pretty dominant fronts when you think about Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Damon Harrison, Denver, obviously. Um, and then on well, top of that. Sucks. Who sucks on defense? Yeah, like, no, can we get I, some of those teams? That's a valid That's a valid. Well, guess point. what? I mean, this, this defense coming up is even though it's be the easiest even one though to God is coming to town. Like I still think that that oh Aaron, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> wow, Nick, um, high praise. For, well, one more oh. one more thing that I wanted to point out is I uh, throw some on Ezekiel Elliott as well because yeah. we were talking about it this morning too. I mean, you can go back and find plays where there's a hole that he doesn't hit or there's something that he doesn't Happened see. Happened a few times. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all, as is usually the case in these situations, like to successfully run the ball in the NFL, you have to seamlessly do about six things right on every play. And it's just, it hasn't been there for him on a consistent basis this year. Uh, that's not to say I don't think they can get it right. And again, that goes back to our point from last week. I think continuity is your best bet. It sucks for everybody that Chaz Green couldn't start this game. I'm not going to dog the guy for getting hurt. You know I don't like to do that. But he needs to be in there getting snaps. But the fact is, and I, and I know you don't want to dog him, and I don't want to dog him either because of his injury, but the fact is is if you went into this season assuming that Chaz Green was going to play 16 games, then you're probably the fool because – Okay. His his history does not suggest that that's going to be the case, and as we saw this week, it well, wasn't. But here's what I'm a fool about: How are you getting hurt in practice, or what's happening? What's happening where you have a hip injury? Practice? Well, what, when was it in the game? Practice. I was just making an out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Joke, I was going to say. I mean, we're talking about practice. Pra- man. Yes. Well, what are they doing? I mean, is this like the the program? Like, what what are they? But I know they're like around in a circle. It's bull I- rush and. I mean, unless I will say this, another injury. I will say this. Okay, you're right. You're probably foolish if you were counting on Chaz to play 16 games based on his prior history. But having just come out of this game, 
we all feel like Chaz Green has had the better outings at left guard this season. He's well. You want him starting if I, you have the. The choice. one thing I will say though is, no. I mean, Chaz hasn't faced Darren Donald. Chaz would have got. So yeah, I, I, I don't know if but, I. I, mean, I know sixty four wasn't the answer against Donald. Darren but, Donald was slapping Zach Martin around on occasion. True, yesterday. and that's my point. So, so I don't know that Chaz would have fared any better yesterday. Yeah, than, I saw than Zeke throw him, throw him down on his ass. I'm I'm serious. Go back and watch that play. That, Zeke had. I, I couldn't believe that play. Zeke's ability. I couldn't believe a guy could whiff that much that quick, and then all of a sudden it was just, it was just like one on one with, and he. Kind of tossed him around. So this a pass week, protector. he's going to play left guard. And Alfred <laughs> Morris can run the ball. Since he's so great, The right? great Alfred Morris. And does that mean we get DeMar- I mean, uh, that, that Darren McFadden is now active? Maybe he could be active. Second too. running back now? Yeah. It's, uh, anyway. Keep it's tweeting okay. me. Keep tweeting me on that one. You like that? No. <laughs> God. Score. I mean, that. I think people, that was my point, though. My point all along was about juice. You got a guy that can bring you a little bit. More. I don't. I don't trust the Darren McFadden. I'll bet you fifty dollars. I don't trust he would. Aaron Do- or Aaron Donald. Darren McFadden's not getting that ball to the end zone either. Yeah, I don't trust he no would. No way. Score on that. How are you going to bet me fifty dollars? Well, I can't. <laughs> Obviously, I can't. But I just prove it. Hey, the Packers are coming to town. I remember twenty fifteen. Darren McFadden had a hole the size of the Red Sea and couldn't get into the end zone. I mean, and he was running by himself for about twenty yards and got brought down. I. Yeah. There aren't a lot of running backs that are scoring from there. Ezekiel Elliott's one of them, unfortunately. But unfortunately, because he didn't have the ball, he didn't have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yes. Well, they end up scoring anyway. So they did. It all works. It's I to to go back. We kind of deviated from the call, but yeah, I mean, I, there's some really very real concerns with the way the offense is playing, and really their rhythm and their consistency more than anything else. Again. We that was great. The first half was amazing. If they play like that all the time, they'll win 13 games again. But they have only managed to reach that level of play for, I don't know, eight of their 70 some odd possessions this season. Yeah, I mean, how many possessions this season have they looked like that? Probably four in the first half, one against the Giants, which resulted in a Jason Witten touchdown, none against Denver and even against the Cardinals, not really, because you're just chunking up 50-50 balls to Bryce Butler and hoping for the best. It's It's been disjointed. That's the word that I would use to this point. I don't Get Jason Witten back involved. Get him back involved to, to move the sticks a little bit because it's there. It's there. And, like, he, he can get eight to nine yards when you want to. So quit trying to be cute and try to go for all these great big plays, and, and you can dink and dunk with him. Because he, him and Beasley, these guys, they can move the ball down the field. And I don't know why they don't use it as much. Because every single time when they need to, you see it in two-minute drill, when they like really need to move the ball, it's Jason Witten there. It's Jason Witten for 10, Jason Witten for 12. And I know defenses play differently in a two-minute. But I promise you, Jason Witten is, is available to, to move the sticks and, and get first downs if they went that route. Let's get another question from Twitter. We kind of talked about this already, but do you guys think that it, this would be a solution to pass more on the first down to give Seek a little more running room? I mean, honestly, I don't think that passing more is their answer. Like the the amount of times that they've been passing this season, when like if if this team's going to win, their route to success is going to be running the ball. Now, again, they're going to have to vary it up. I think they need to do some more. I, I was. I was happy that they handed the ball to uh, to, to Switzer on a play yesterday because I do think that 
They need to do something else in the running game. It can't just always be about giving Zeke the ball on first downs. Um, but I do think the running game is how this team's gonna gonna win. And so I don't think the answer is let's throw more. I just think they have to be more creative and find better ways to run the ball than uh, than saying let's get away from running the ball. Can I throw something out there that I hate myself for even saying out loud? Uh oh. Think these guys miss Lucky Whitehead at all? Well, that role, yeah, I, I that's think what that I'm was, talking about. I'm not talking. I don't. Was, yes, I don't care about his snap stories or his or his. You know, uh, he won't mind crap in the locker room. I'm talking about defenses for whatever reason respected the hell out of him going in motion across that formation. But that's not so and much when he about got him. That ball, he averaged ten yards per. Yeah, time. but that wasn't. I don't think that was as much about him as they haven't really done it this year. Like they have, they could try it with Switzer. They, they yes, he, it was the first time they tried it. He has. And, I, and they, they got, what, four yards on that play? They got three yards when they actually gave it to him, but he motioned a few more times other yeah. than that. Where they, they didn't hand it. No. It, yeah. But even still, it certainly seemed like teams respected it when Lucky did it, and I don't think they respect Switzer doing the same Yes, thing. they respected it after – if you go back to last season, the Cowboys were regularly running that every game for, like, the first how many games? Like, they were consistently running that play every game. So teams had to respect it. They haven't run it enough for teams to respect it yet. He's come across, but they have only handed it to him one time in four games. So do you think if you were the defense, would you respect that much and say, yeah, we got to make sure we watch that guy coming across? Well, he hasn't done it. So that that doesn't make me respect it. I right? also just I don't know that they respect that Ryan Switzer is going to gash him for until he does it. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's a funny catch 22 because I think. Just about everybody would agree that this offense looks fairly predictable right now, but you know, you can sit here and say maybe you throw the ball on first down instead of handing it off to Zeke. But if you if you throw an incompletion, then it's second and ten and you're behind the eight ball where now you gotta pick up five yards on second down or you're in third and long. So I just looked know, it up. I mean, damned if you do, damned if you don't I didn't count it, but it looks like about almost fifty fifty. Run to pass, run on, first pass down. on first down. Yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit more run, but that was because when they got down there at the five yard line, they got down there and they they, they should two or three times. So, I, I I don't I think they're mixing it up pretty good there, run pass on first down. Yep. I just like to see a little bit more creativity. Try try the switzer play a little bit more. I think there are other things you can do just to kind of um, use your running game a little more effectively. We saw it yesterday when you have Alfred Morris in there. Sometimes defenses, you bring in the second running back, and they're not keying on him like they would the first running back. And so it does create some opportunities for you. I'd like to see some of those kinds of things happen. That's not saying take Zeke out of the game a lot, but I want that second running back to be able to give me a little something like he did yesterday. What, what if what, you uh, – sorry, Nick. What was the what is the two-point conversion at the three-yard line? It's pretty much at before the, the flag. Yeah. No, it's at the three. The, the yeah, ball. I yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that's a three-yard play. I mean, I, I'd like to see that more often. I think just in in the middle of the field, you know, a spread out a little bit and and use Dak in a situation you, like yeah. that. Um, what do you think of that holding call? I didn't. I don't know. I don't think he really was holding. I think he was more dominating the play. I don't think he was either, but. He had his hand on. That's that's the thing. Had and when you have your hand outside, right? You had your hand outside, and the other hand is just just pancaking the guy. Yeah. Um, because because when you hold a guy, you know you're holding him up for something. Usually it's he's standing up, and you're that's why he's not moving forward because you're holding him. But when you're smashing him to the ground, I don't really think that hand that left hand is doing you know. But it's hard to you know you just see hand. 
and you have to make the call. But it's a tough break, but I can't fault the ref for throwing because of what line. he saw. But you know, if play. Terrence catches that ball, we, he catches that ball, they tie the game, they go win, you win it with a field goal. We're talking about Dak's strength. We're talking about a guy that's getting tackled, still pointing, tackling, fires it over there. That was a heck of a play. I, I really don't think Dak played poorly. He had some throws he could take back, but I think they were in this game because of Dak, not because they, they didn't lose because of him. I think they. I think if it wasn't for him and his athletic ability, I don't think they're even as close as they were. I think that's fair. That is fair. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll take a bigger picture look at what's going on around this NFC East. Tonight, the Washington Redskins play the undefeated uh, Kansas City Chiefs, so we'll see how that plays out. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagle. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?